The Secret Key Podcast, Season 1, Episode 6. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sergio, I'm your host. And this is part 2, as promised, about topic, about uh, disabilities and like how to approach people and like some empathy and, uh, and so much more stuff. I know last time I left this cliffhanger about... Uh, about my disability and how, how is it? Um, so yeah, I'm gonna talk about it. Um, let's see. So as I said in my previous episode, I lost my arm at the age of two. I'm right now 30 years old. I'm about to turn 31. So make the count, you know, make, make the idea of, of how much I've been uh, a person without Uh, a left arm and today I want to talk about this uh, to share my experience about how was it growing up with a disability and in in Mexico you know because probably the experience would be different across different countries right of course in America would be different than in Europe than in Japan than in China so I'll share it This is my own personal experience. So I lost my, my arm, like I said, at the age of two. And I won't deny something. I am here because of one person. And that person is my mom. My, my siblings and my, my father, of course, supported me. But definitely my mom, I would say she's, she was the major pillar of where I am right now, you know? So can you imagine like telling like uh, like somebody, like a parent, like, hey, your kid just lost an arm. I, I, I cannot imagine how crazy that uh, that moment would have been for her. But she always says that uh, when she was at the hospital, somebody told her, I think it was a nurse, that told her like, hey, whenever you say, whenever somebody tells you, hey, I'm sorry, tell them not to feel sorry, which was part of what I said in the previous episode, right? Because that nurse literally told her the same that I'm telling you uh, before. We are alive. We, we just have a disability and that's it. Growing up in, with that, it's, it's, very interesting for me because I I never I I don't have any more uh, recall memories of like having an arm you know for me it was like if I was born this way and I I I had to adapt at a very young age of not having an arm I cannot imagine like being the age of 15, 10 years, 20 years and losing my arm and learning all the basics all over again. Can you imagine that? It's it's quite crazy. It's probably the hardest thing. People would say like, oh, it's probably hard to be born that way or lose uh, a limb or like have a disability at a very young age. But I think it's probably better because you just don't know what it was versus like knowing you had something and probably not even appreciating it and then you're like oh shit I actually need this it's probably the worst so um when I was five years old 
it's when in Mexico we start going to school. I joined one school that was pretty close to to where I, to where we used to live, and it it was weird. In Mexico, we have to wear uniforms to uh, to go to school. Uh, mainly, they try to avoid like that supposedly competitiveness of like oh you have this brand of like clothing and somebody else is not and blah blah i think it's more like mexico is it's like very old school so we had to wear uniforms and my mom used to um used to get me like these shoes that uh that instead of having laces they would have like contact and uh, because that would be the easiest way for me to put on a shoe, of course, right? Because otherwise, as a kid, you would have to ask uh, your teacher to help you. And um, we, I remember, like, the school principal didn't like my shoes because they had some color of some sort. And my mom was pissed and she was like, I'm taking you out of this school. I'm done. This is fucking bullshit. So they, <laughs> my mom decided to get me out of that school and put me in another school. When you transfer schools, you have to meet new kids. You have to meet new teachers. And that transition as a person with a disability is kind of hard because this was lesson one from my mom and she was like if somebody comes to you and tells you hey how did you lose your arm you're gonna say i had a car accident and that's it and i remember her telling me those words and for me i was not understanding like the concept you know what was an accident what uh it was a very technical word in in um, in Spanish. It was not it, the translation would be car accident, but in, in Spanish it would be different. Uh, it would be uh, accidente automobilístico. So we would use the automobile word, and I didn't know. So imagine like a kid with five years old transferring to another school and have to say this to 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 their classmates if they approach them with this. But I remember something. I remember that my mom also talked with the teachers before. And when when they when it was my first day at this new school, the teacher introduced me to everyone in the classroom. And she says, "Hey, this is Sergio." And yes, he doesn't have one arm, but that doesn't mean he's any different from all of you, okay? So I want all of you to be respectful. And that moment is so crucial because I think everyone at school was like, oh, okay, fine. And nobody came to me to tell me like, hey, how did you lose your arm or nothing? They were like, oh, hey. And that's where I actually met my best friend that I've talked to her since since like almost kindergarten right like since this day of school like we're still in touch and even though there's like uh like we've traveled around the world like 
like that I've moved around the world, we still kept in touch. And she's another person that has supported me a lot, right? Because she has never seen me in a way of like, oh, he has a disability. It's funny because sometimes I would say, oh, you know what? Like if I'm lazy and I would be like, I cannot do this because I have one arm. Like I would use this stupid excuse between between us. Not like I would not normally use it. I would just use it around like friends and stuff. And she would be like, oh, please stop. Like, come on, you're not that. And it's so important how those early friendships and like how those early teachings help you know because that's how you as a person with a disability you start incorporating yourself into society i i kept growing and this new school had also the same stupid norm of like hey shoes like when it's like um in mexico there's three days where you have to use like some formal uniform like you would wear a vest uh, a jacket uh, it, it would be just a mess and then there will be two days where you would go like in a more sporty um outfit but it will be also a uniform and when when the sporty uniform is uh your shoes have to be entirely white i don't know why because you know what they're gonna get fucking black because of all the dirt that is in the fucking field, you know? Like when you're playing f soccer, when you're like running as a kid, uh, they're gonna get a lot of dirt. Uh, schools in Mexico, if you're listening to this, you, you guys need to change that bullshit, okay? <laughs> but we had to get those ones. And guess what? In the 90s, white shoes that were used for like sport, for sports only had laces. They didn't have contacts. And the ones that had contacts had multiple colors. They had red, they had blue, they had green. And my mom got me some, but they had like a small stripe. And the school was like, I'm sorry, your kid cannot have that. And my mom was like, dude, he doesn't have one arm. Like he cannot tie his shoes. And the principal was like, well, if he needs his shoes to be tied, he can always ask the teachers. Now, remember when I said that part of like, if you have to ask for help, we'll do it as a person with a disability. This was the most annoying one because it makes you feel weak. That's why we don't ask for help so much because we're like, we're independent. And when we have to ask for help, it's like, oh, geez, like, can I ask you for a favor? And people will be like, oh, of course, let me help you. And you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> anyway, and uh, I had to wear laces and that was fucking awful. It was the worst thing for me all the way until high school i had to wear laces and i had to ask my friends to do that it's so horrible that experience because like i said you feel you need somebody to support you when when you actually don't want to you know one one anecdote that i do remember in high school uh was that i had some shoes and <laughs> I, my, my laces, uh, they were untied and 
I asked uh, one of my uh, best friends at that time and I told her, hey, can you help me tie my shoes? And she told me like, what? Why? Can't you just do it yourself? And this question, it's so important. And you're probably thinking like, wow, what an asshole that person was. No, no, she wasn't. And here's why I'm telling you this. She, I said, well, dude, I cannot do it with one arm. And she said, oh shit, sorry. I forgot you don't have one arm. That means that that person never saw me as a person with a disability. Instead, that person saw me as an as a, well, I don't want to say a normal human being, but like a common human being, right? Because I feel everybody's normal, but somebody else from the bunch, right? And she was like, I'm so sorry, you know, <laughs> let me help you. And uh, we even joked because she was like, do you want me to do a double knot or just a single knot? <laughs> and I was like, what a fucker, you know? Growing up with that, it was, it was good, you know, because I never felt weird. I actually feel a little bit weirder as an adult than as a child. And why is that? When you're a child, normally people will not look at you or they won't pay attention as much to you. Compared to an adult, whenever you're crossing like a playground with a disability and there's kids around you or there's a party and there's kids around you they'll say what they see and that's the hardest part because lesson listen to this important lesson if you are a parent or you're becoming a parent or you want kids in the future you have to teach them about disabilities because it's so uncomfortable for us that a kid comes to you and they're like, hey, you don't have an arm. Why don't you have an arm? But this and that. And again, it doesn't come from a bad place because it's just a kid. But you have, because in my position, I'm trying to be as respectful as possible. I would say like, hey, I have a disability. I had a car accident. That's it. And the kid still insists and the kid maybe tries to make fun because sometimes kids make fun of that you know or they're curious and they want to like uh open your shirt or like lift your shirt up to see what what's inside because they 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 don't know what i what is inside and i just feel like man where's the parent sometimes parents are even next to them and they don't say anything you know they never say like hey stop it he has a disability that's it you know that's a crucial lesson for everyone out there. Teach your kid or tell them like, hey, that person just has a disability. That's it. And then afterwards, when the person like goes away, you know, like you, you, you don't see that person anymore. You, you tell your kid, hey, look, there is multiple people that are different in this world, right? Like. Maybe they don't see, maybe they don't have an arm, maybe they don't have a leg, maybe they're on a wheelchair, you know, because they need to grow up into a place where that thing that they saw 
new that day, it becomes usual to them the rest of their life, you know? Because if you start normalizing that, if you start telling them, hey, there's so much out there, you know, same way as with race, right? Like there's people that is black, there's people that there's Latino, there's Asian. If you start telling your kid like, hey, we're in a world that has multiple things and you have to be respectful with them, probably we would be in a better place, you know? It's very important, that thing. It's really, really, really important if you start doing that. Because as an adult, sometimes you're like, oh God, I wanna tell their parents. Like I remember I was one day in Walmart and one one person was like in the same aisle as myself and their kids came and they started shouting at me like, oh, he has one arm, mom, he has one arm. And, the, and they were pointing at me. And I got so tired because the mom wasn't doing anything and you could tell that she was nervous. And I approached her so mad and I told her, hey, can you tell your kids to be respectful? And she was like, oh, yes. Uh, and she was like, honey, just shut up. It was so uncomfortable. Because now the kid was like, why should I shut up and this and that and blah, blah. You're making this awkward scene because it shouldn't be awkward. But we have to in that moment, right? Just just do that. Just teach them. And if you're not a parent, but you have like cousins or like there's there's some reason why you have to deal with like kids, teach them about that. One day with them, it's perfectly fine. It's there's nothing wrong about talking about that, right? Now, you might be wondering, like, do you wear a prosthetic or not? Do you have a prosthetic? I do have a prosthetic. Now, prosthetics are super expensive. In Mexico, there's a there's a hospital that uh, helped me with that. And <laughs> I hate, and I know hate is a strong word, but hate with all my heart, my prosthetic. And why is that? Because they're very uncomfortable. They're not easy to wear. Uh, mine, I have to put a lot of strings uh, to attach it towards my body. So there's strings in my chest, there's strings in my leg, there's strings in my shoulders. It's just annoying. and. It's also very warm, like it keeps the heat inside uh, between my limb and the prosthetic. So it makes me sweat a lot. It's just annoying. I never liked it. And <laughs> I remember when I had to like go to the hospital and take the, the, the prosthetic so that the doctors would check if I was progressing good or not. And uh, my mom would take me back to school and I would come to school with the prosthetic and of course all my classmates and all my friends would be like, oh shit, like he has like this prosthetic. And of course that would be like a, a different moment because for everybody it was something new. Nobody has seen a, a prosthetic uh, other than, than when I had it. And I remember everybody would come to me and ask me all these questions. And you know, at that moment that never felt different. I actually felt like the center of attention. <laughs> which probably I liked, 
at that moment. I don't know why. But um, they would ask me like, oh, what can you do with this and that? And, but I never felt bad with that. But I would say that after leaving school, like if I had to walk or like if I had to go to the store, people would look at me with the prosthetic and they'll be like, oh, wait, he has a robotic arm. Like I would feel different. And even nowadays, if I have to wear it as an adult, I would feel bad. Not bad with myself, but I would feel like, oh, geez, I have to deal with people watching at me. And it's just horrible, that that sense, because like I said in the previous episode, you feel like like you don't belong in this world. And it's like, why do I have to, to wear it, you know? Uh, actually, I have two, well, kind of two, two types of prosthetic, one uh, with, uh, with a hook that is very functional, it helps you a lot. And another one that has like a hand, it looks like if it was my real hand. Um, the main reason for the difference is that the one that looks like a real hand, if you put it with like a long sleeve, the arm, it at first glance doesn't look like a robotic arm or like a prosthetic arm, the, uh, but it's not very functional. And then the other one instead, it, you know it's a prosthetic. There's no way you 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 can get away with that. And I never liked it. It was it was not good for me. I never did. I if you ask anybody that knows me, they will tell you that I with one hand I was always playing video games. I was always beating my friends on video games. I loved to swim and swimming was like my thing and they will tell you like he he was always like competing and doing the same things that we were doing and nobody felt different you know uh which is is something that i do appreciate of like growing up in mexico and growing up with the strength of like my friend ali and my mom that they always supported me that they they were there they if i had a bad day or i had to say something about it they would listen to me and they would never judge i know that my mom probably had to be twice as strong as me but man she she seriously sometimes you know i never say to her like oh thank you or, or anything and I know that she's not going to listen to this podcast because she doesn't she doesn't speak uh, English. But uh, but I want to say thank you, mom, you know, because you make a really strong person, you know, a happy person. I could have been my whole life being sad for not having one arm. And instead she was like you don't have an arm so what and it's it's one of those things that i do i do want to say thank you to both of them you know also to my to my uh siblings and to my to my dad because they never excluded me you know and it's so important that it's so important that society doesn't do that that society incorporate us into into being um just another person in the bunch you know 
it's so interesting how it how that that thing is before i wrap up with this thing i will tell you like a story about um about what 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 do i mean when i say don't try to separate us in my case um before going into swimming i was doing uh taekwondo uh, this martial art that specializes more on the on the legs than on the arms com uh, compared to like karate although you may use some of your uh some move movements with uh with your arms and i used to train a lot and I got all the way almost to black belt and I was probably like 11, 12 years because I started very young and there was a competition coming and I, I am very competitive, very competitive, you know, <laughs> and my, my, my teacher, well, my trainer, he was like, Uh, you're not going to the competition and I said why you know because am I that terrible at like this at this sport and he was like no you're not going and he told my mom you know what uh, I'm not taking Sergio to the competition because my fear is that because he has that disability he loses you know that somebody's better at him or like he hurts him more you know like at the moment that you're fighting that that fight goes a little bit uh harder on me than than the rest and my mom told me that on the way back like when we were in the car and i told her i'm quitting this stupid thing and she was like no 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 please don't and <laughs> she she was It's something that up to this day, it may in some form of way hurt her because she really enjoyed watching me do that sport a lot. And I said, if he doesn't believe in me, I don't believe in this thing and I'm quitting. And she was like, no, he's only doing it for your safety and blah, blah. I was like, I don't care about my safety. I just know that for him, I'm not the same as the rest. And I'm not doing it. And after that moment, I never came back to uh, to that school to train. And instead, I went the other way and I started swimming. And uh, that's how I started getting into that sport. It's funny how things work because uh, later on in the future, I was training for the Paralympics and all that stuff, right? But how one thing takes you to another, right? Like how is it that the order of events are caused? But wanted to tell you about that story because, you know, who would have known? Like, we don't know if I would have won that, that competition or, you know, even if I didn't win, like just the fact of the fact of doing it, why, why? Who would have known like how far would have advanced in the competition? Even if it was the last place, I wouldn't have cared. I actually just wanted to do it because that's the thing. I am a person that wants to try it no matter if I don't have one arm or not. And like I said in the very first episode, this podcast is to inspire people 
to do things, to try new things. Even if it's Pokemon or if it's going to a very cold place. I just want to tell you the stories of myself, of how I've become the person of that I'm right now. To make a little bit happier your day. And to teach you some of the stuff that I've grown up with. So never doubt about yourself. Today, I want to tell you that. Never doubt about what you're capable of. And never exclude somebody, you know? You never, don't, don't ever underestimate somebody's abilities. Don't do it. Just let that person do it. And if that person fails and comes back to you and asks you for help, then lend your, uh, your support. But in the meantime, don't do it. Because that's the way we, we, we learn, by failing, right? So, as always, thank you so much for following me on this series of podcast i really appreciate your support and if we get to a hundred uh subscribers on instagram and twitter i'm gonna do a giveaway and it's gonna be a good one so please support this channel uh support the podcast thank you so much share it with your friends you know i know i'm still a beginner and learning about like all these things but please um it would mean a lot for me if you start sharing it um, because it will be great you know I would learn to more about all of you and follow us on our social media uh, skp underscore podcast and I'll see you in the next one <laughs>